Meanwhile... This is something I have been thinking about a lot with Max Headroom. When we rewatch it, the commercial breaks are obvious. <laughs> and I'm gonna be back with you on Network 23 after these real, 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 really exciting messages. So, so sit back and watch. I just can't wait, 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 wait to see them. <laughs> Wake me up when they're finished, will you? Commercial goes here. Hi, this is M M M Max Headroom on Network 23. And if you thought raking was a vicious game, let me tell you, there are sponsors who'd give bo both arms to get their hands on this. And it almost feels like there's something missing when it gets to that commercial break and then it goes black for like a half a second and then the next scene picks up. It's almost kind of like, there really should be an ad for Charmin right there. No matter how irresistibly soft, please don't squeeze the new charm. You know, or some dumb whatever. And like, I have been thinking more and more that the absurdity of Max Headroom and the critique of corporate retail life, you know, um, almost makes better critique when there's a commercial for something dumb in between. <laughs> yeah, like country crack. Orange juice, blueberry muffins, and shed spread country crack. Country crack? Uh-huh. Okay, what's the catch? I just thought you'd enjoy that rich, buttery taste. Mmm, an offer I can't refuse. Ah, one taste of country crack and she melts like butter. Exactly, you need some stupid product slapped in there between so that when Max does his thing that it's almost, it hits a little harder because it's kind of like, oh, wow, didn't we just... Try to sell you Pampers? Hey, it's quilted. It's new Pampers. And the quilted lining stays twice as dry to keep her drier. This is the thing that I think uh, people used to say about um, Monty Python that is very, very true, is that like when you watch Monty Python and then it goes back to regular TV afterwards. This is BBC television. There'll be further comment on the budget in the evening news at 5.40. In five minutes, we join Alan Titchmarsh for today's entertainment from the foyer of Pebble Mill. First on BBC One, the latest summary of news with Andrew Harvey. It is so shocking and so jarring that it's kind of hard to take someone with a straight face trying to tell you the news or the weather or to sell you jelly or, um, you know, tampons or, or whatever. Like, everything that is regular and normal on television afterwards seems crazy because you've just seen a little bit of Monty Python and it, like, kind of changes your perspective. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> I think Max Headroom has that same effect, where like, mm -hmm. afterwards, the next thing you watch looks crazy because you've just seen probably the most insane TV show <laughs> you right. can think of. <laughs> and it would make, I think it would make the commercials like much weirder. <laughs> Well, and we talked about this a little bit in the Incomparable episode. Uh, a couple of people on the panel had discussed how in the years when it was hard to find Max Headroom that they had to rely on DVD copies of their taped off of TV videotapes with commercials and whatnot intact. And so there was a part of me that like, I almost kind of want to watch Max Headroom now with commercials like that. I almost want to listen to the incomparable conversation about Max Headroom with commercials. I almost feel like the having commercials there makes it a little silly. <laughs> and also kind of undercuts the value of what those commercials are trying to sell to you. <laughs> Interesting. Please, 
consider supporting our digital lemonade stand at patreon.com forward slash austin rich and now back to our regularly scheduled commercial already in progress operators are standing by please keep your credit card handy and allow at least 30 days for shipping you will not want to be the only one in your neighborhood who hasn't heard this week's max hedron mini hey maxi brought to you by 20 minutes into the future it's a max hedron mini a maxi enjoy this also speaks i think to how much culture we had access to because like we weren't sitting there with like six screens and having these like multi um real-time experiences while we like binge a show on one screen and chat with somebody on another screen and whatnot Dude, i'm multitasking i'm always multitasking no, we were just sitting on the dock of the bay drinking hires. Exactly, exactly. Or we're watching TV and maybe we're reading a book in, uh, during the commercial breaks if we're, if we're feeling snobby. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah, or maybe, you know, during the commercial breaks, we're running to use the restroom or running to get like a little snack or Yeah, I mean, that's drink. what the commercials would like you to think. Wow, I could have had a beer. Remember how they used to make them louder? Remember? They still do. Commercials are usually overcompressed and are mixed with less headroom than most recordings, so the overall sound is perceived to be much louder than a standard mix. Combine that with broadcasters intentionally turning the volume up on ads, and you get very loud commercial breaks. Compare that to the nice, dynamic, and robust sound mix of a regular television show, with quite a bit of headroom, so quiet sounds are genuinely quiet, and loud sounds still sound loud without being overblown, or distorted from the extra volume. This trick was perfected in the days when radio commercials switched from being live reads done during the show by the host or lead actor, to that of pre-recorded spots that the station could play in between segments. Quickly, sponsors noticed that it was too easy for the commercial to get lost in the sound mix of the broadcast, and began using production tricks to get them to sound louder, to cut through and get to a listener or viewer who might have tuned out temporarily to think about something that truly made them happy instead. I recall a certain kind of um, uh, 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 almost kind of like schoolyard, like I can recite this many jingles, like I, I have mm-hmm. this many things memorized, whatnot, in, in a way that like, um, in the same way that Max does, where he like, drops a pop culture reference and everyone who recognizes it is kind of like ah, 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 ah. but Max why she was bad for you you needed to believe that she would do anything for her chef even hurt you or me I guess you saved my soul there was something about being a kid in the 80s where like if you could just drop a jingle or to reference uh, an ad of some kind that was super popular like it was kind of like a instant comedy and so like yeah in a way like it it, it, it like i think that culturally was already existent in schools and, and with kids and whatnot so when max rolls around and starts doing it too it's like Hey, it's our it's our people. I can relate to this. I am not on the beat of what the actual kids are doing these days. I, I just see the ads through uh, streaming stuff because all streaming platforms now insert ads, even though I feel like I'm paying for them to not. Yes. <laughs> More from Austin's developing Type 5 that he is itching to try out on live audiences. Sigh. Someday he'll mellow out. A lot of the ads I see these days are very not jingle-based, and what they do is like, 
almost a tug at your heartstrings kind of thing. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Reach out, call up and just say hi. Like they show a beautiful family and they're all showing up with different dishes to pass. Guess where they got the dishes that they were going to pass or the ingredients there for? Walmart. It's for families. And some of these, they're effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they get me tearing up sometimes. Heather is noticing the rise of advertising, steadily increasing since the 70s, but has been gaining more momentum in the last 15 or so years where the clever, funny, or silly trends of the 80s, trends that would develop someone like Max Hedrom as a spokes AI, have almost been completely replaced by heartwarming or emotional stories that help sell your product. The most famous is the crying Native American who is worried about pollution, but phone companies in the 80s were particularly known for their heart-rending ads. These days, if you can't make someone feel something, then they won't respond to your product. Speaking of, we are so sad and poor and things are not going our way. I need to get a new CPU, and it is a very painful process. Now, will you consider supporting our digital lemonade stand at patreon.com forward slash Austin Rich? It would go a long way toward helping me in my time of need. Thank you. I've noticed, too, that with a lot of those kinds of ads, um, there's almost sometimes at least uh there's almost no voiceover and the logo for the company Nothing. is kind of on the last frame yes. in the corner pay no attention to that man behind the curtain maybe there'll be a mix of like low talking yeah, yeah. but you can't really discern it and like some laughing and you know, a pan to a kid getting a big piece of pie and looking real excited about it and grandma's serving it piece of pie oh not kind of late, ain't you? Well, uh, oh well, I. Well, look, piece of pie. Huh? Oh, oh no. How about the hamburger? Just be quiet a minute, will you? I think what's happening there is that um, there are these people that make these generic ads, you know, uh, to be sold to big companies, and it's kind of like going to those websites where you can buy stock photos. And now for some tasteful clip art. I think the production company that makes those commercials makes like 50 generic heartfelt ads. And then when they go shopping around to companies, they say, hey, I have a portfolio of heartfelt ads. Which one would you like to buy? And Walmart says, hey, we got the most money. We want the family dinner passing stuff around that they got at Walmart. That's what we want. Yeah, we want the biggest Right, 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 right. That, you know, like, and then like, so after all the big companies buy through, you get like the weird misshapen ads down at the bottom of the bag that like the other companies are buying. <laughs> Does this look right to you? That's all we have time for this week. A few outtakes from our longer conversation about commercials that you heard two weeks ago. These tidbits are all well and good now, but I want to know about the commercial John S. Hall and I both saw not too long ago. An Irish guy walking through a field of green, whistling one of those Irish jigs, and a woman walks up and says, Manly, yes, but I like it too. Then the guy pulls out a huge knife and cuts off his first two fingers and somehow catches them in what's left of his left hand and hands them to the woman. Did I mention they're both dressed in green? Then they both sing this song together. 
Are you icky? Are you sticky? Are you hot as anything? Hey, cut off two of your fingers and stab yourself in the eye. Then he stabs himself in the eye and hands her the knife and she stabs herself in the eye, okay? Have any of you seen that one? Make sure to support us at patreon.com forward slash Austin Rouge to keep this show alive and to bring you more exciting stories and episodes from the history of the show and the people who made it. Thanks for listening. Be seeing you. Now, I feel like since we're talking about soda, we got to talk about... The Cola Wars. I had forgotten about the Cola Wars. Oh man, we need we we and need. And we lost so many. I know, I know. Like there, I mean, let, let's pour a little bit of rum and coke out for all of our dead homies who died in the Cola oh, Wars. Oh no, I spilled my whole glass. Yeah, I mean. Darn it! What will I do now? Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll the Cola Wars. I can't take it anymore. It's so funny because like, there there are people who like. Uh, when it comes to 80s stuff, you know, like they're pretty hip about, even if they didn't grow up in the 80s or, or whatever, they're, they're pretty hip about like a lot of 80s culture stuff because it's just been reflected all over the place. I, I think even Stranger Things had a new Coke bit where the kids all try a new Coke. Quiet. Oh, sorry. How do you even drink that? Because it's delicious. What? It's like Carpenter's The Thing. The original is the classic. No question about it. But the remake? <sighs> Sweeter. Bolder. Better. You're insane. So, you prefer the original thing? What? No, I'm not talking about the thing. I'm talking about New Coke. It's the same concept, dude. Uh, actually, it's not the same concept. It is the same concept. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Hey! Sorry. But there hasn't really been a lot of rehashing of the Cola Wars in anybody's nostalgia for the 80s. And it, in one, it was kind of one of the most ridiculous made-up things. But... It, it speaks, I think, to an era of like advertising that we just don't have anymore. Because, like, I mean, I think the context for the Cola Wars for people who maybe are really flummoxed by what we're talking about is uh, that um, Coke and Pepsi, which were the not only the two biggest cola companies, but they might have been the two biggest companies, period, in the world at that time. Don't f with me, fellas. This ain't my first time at the rodeo. You forget the press I delivered to Pepsi was my power. I can use it any way I want. They had reached this point, probably by like the 70s, where like the brand recognition for both of them was so high that there wasn't anybody anywhere <laughs> that didn't know Coke or Pepsi. Like they were interchangeable brand names. People knew both of them. Like they were like they had such high recognition that you could probably go to incredibly weird parts of the world and people yes. would still know Coke and Pepsi. If you ever go down Trinidad, they make you feel so very glad. Calypso sing and make up rhyme. Guarantee you one real 
fine time drinking rum and Coca-Cola. And so, like, you have a problem then. How do you make new customers aware of your product when basically the whole world knows about your brand? <laughs> and so you have to manufacture something that seems crazy. And so the Cola Wars was a way that these brands actually used the other brands' imagery in their own advertisements to take down the other brand. Can they even do that? In a way that had never happened in advertising before. And so it was essentially kind of like, a, how dirty can we get <laughs> in our advertising uh, in terms of slinging mud at the other brand? <laughs> It's a very, very dirty business. It certainly, there was a lot of hijinks. They, uh, Michael Jackson became the Pepsi spokesperson for a while because they were like, well, we got to get an even more famous celebrity. Who's the most famous person in the world? Michael Jackson, of course. You know, like, so like, it just got crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, it became one of these things where like, some of the most money being spent in the United States, like, period. <laughs> was by cola companies on advertising. Ludicrous speed, go! Like, it was like an arms race. Like, the amount of money they were spending could have, like, supplied countries with military. <laughs> I can't believe I actually got to use the word headroom twice in context. And it wasn't about our titular character. It's the little things, you know? Sometimes you just have to linger in those moments. Sigh.